0: scrolling episode 112 i'm cat joining me as always davius star jumper what's going on man not
1: much happy to be here i got a new setup you can't see it you can't see this new
0: setup no i cannot
1: but i got a new setup i just need you to know i got a
0: little new setup it's a little
1: more slim a a little more sleek
0: like you got a new computer or no, you...
1: no, not nearly no. that exciting. Uh okay. <laughs> well, now we're now we're downhill. Really, I just <laughs> okay.
0: I, I, whatever after, you say now. Uh, yeah,
1: I really all I did is I, I moved my monitors around and, and got um a new like mat for my keyboard and mouse. Okay. So a that's, little hey, a little nice. bit of a downgrade from a new computer. You really hit me with the tip-top there, you know. I I said I went on a hike, and you just asked if I climbed Everest. That's really what just happened.
0: (laughs) Hey, I was just trying to have a conversation, you know. I don't know. Hey, rearrange. I love rearranging, dude. I rearrange my house like once a month, not even kidding. I'm just like, I don't like this couch here anymore. I'm going to put it over there now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a nice little just a reset up. Really what I like is that I have this this mat that I'm talking about. It's one of those it's like the keyboard, it's so big, it like holds your keyboard and it's like a mouse pad
0: combined. Yeah, I have one of those. It like covers a yeah. pretty big portion of my desk. Yeah, yeah. It.
1: love it. Love it. That's what I, that's the new that's started the new setup. Got that, moved the displays around. But new 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 computer next. That's the next item on the list. It Just didn't quite get to the full list.
0: Do you have like um a- like a pad for your like like a palm rest kind of thing. I don't have that. Good thing to have.
1: A little
2: arthritis
0: protector put, there. Just to put it like the bottom of your keyboard just to rest your your wrist on, man, it's nice. It's really nice. A
1: a totally totally different subject, but um do you ever just sit and think like
0: we're getting a little we're getting old? That's <laughs> <laughs> all that I think about yeah. these days, dude. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> it's like uh, anytime i'm anytime my mind isn't like focused <laughs> on a task it just defaults back to you're gonna die someday just <laughs>
1: not even like uh not even just you're not even hitting like the ah uh, the good old days No, huh? No, you're just like oh no death just death's door is mortal upon me. coil
2: yeah. <laughs> all right yeah sure Sure,
0: hey, sure check sure. check in on your 40th birthday let me know how you feel i'm telling you it was like a like a light switch dude like i just woke up on my 40th birthday like Thanks. wow mortality holy crap <laughs> things are
1: different <laughs> well i can't wait i can't wait to get there
0: just um, kind of hit me 30 was no big deal to me i was all like i threw a party for 30 i was like okay i'm 30 like
1: yep, i did a party for 30 uh definitely did that. Yeah, you feel like it's like you're um you know like you're I'm like,
0: a real adult now, mm-hmm. like for real.
1: Yeah, now I'm an old person. And then I'm in, you know, I I <laughs> I feel like everybody in the Discord has no idea what my age is because I really just make fun of it. But 30, you know, 36. So like 40's just it's just around the
0: corner. It's, it's just coming, buddy. waiting for and me And then and then guess what? 50's right around the corner. I mean. Listen, and then it we, just keeps going. We gotta, hey. we gotta,
1: we gotta <laughs> back you off
0: this cliff, cat. We gotta, we gotta take a couple steps
1: back. <laughs> There's no escape. You're trapped now.
0: <laughs> oh man! Welcome to scrolling. Welcome to scrolling. Death is right around the corner. Play ESO while you still can. That's why I'm squeezing in as many BGs as I can right now.
1: Why <laughs> you have the time?
0: Okay, so public test server. We are in the fourth week of public test server for mm-hmm. uh, the update forty patch for the the endless archive thing that's coming up. This is coming out on October thirtieth for PC. So I think that's like exactly three weeks from yesterday, Monday. Okay, um, and then it'll be two weeks later uh, uh, for consoles, of course unusually, for for week three, there really was basically nothing in the patch notes really worth discussing. Uh, They kind of seemed like they needed an extra week or so to work on that stuff, and maybe even more than that, by the sounds of things in their known issues Mm -hmm. section, seems like there's Mm -hmm. probably going to be some stuff in a week five patch notes as well. Yeah. But yeah, week four is kind of the only stuff really worth talking about right now, and really, they only really adjusted a couple of the new uh, class sets. Uh, Notably, Nobility in Decay, the the new Necromancer set, that we were really trash-talking on the last episode. We we
1: were really giving it it a hard time.
0: Let's see if it's any better. So it no longer grants Minor Resolve and the Minor Protection. Uh, Instead, in their place, it gives this new unique Death's Favor buff. And what that does is it increases your healing taken and reduces your damage taken by up to 12% based on your missing health. So it's like an anti-execute. It's like a miniature version of the stage three vampire undeath passive. Mm-hmm. Basically. Mm-hmm. Definitely better. Way, way better than yeah. the minor I mean, resolve minor protection. That's
1: yeah. That, that addition is better than the entire, the entirety of the set. Like that's, that's the new best part of this set. Like that's the key is that new death's favorite piece.
0: Oh yeah. It does still grant the, the beautiful corpse thing. And that's, that's kind of a neat thing, but, you know, I was thinking about this. That beautiful corpse thing is just kind of a neat extra thing. Yeah. You know, it's not very, it's not very good as like the main thing of the set. But if the set's already doing an awesome thing, plus the self corpse thing, hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah. In that case,
1: the corpse is it's a nice little extra, but the entire set can't depend on the extra corpse. That's not near enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's you know with that death's favor, and then you still get the extra corpse. Like I do, I think this is usable. I, I actually.
0: Seems very good, actually. Yeah,
1: I would say that this is this is a great way for for necros to to maybe make a little bit of a comeback. Just as coming in as really tanky classes, so I, I think this is going to be pretty popular if if it stays this way.
0: KDMs, welcome to the chat. Grizzly Khan says uh, this set with vampire and pariah. Yeah, mm-hmm, man. Then mm-hmm. just the uh, I hadn't thought of pariah, but definitely uh, I think most. You know, the the handful of necromancers that are out there probably are a stage three vampire. Uh and so if they use that with this uh yeah, and then pariah, man. Yeah. That seems at, at the very least usable It actually seems pretty darn good. I bet some necromancers will use it.
1: Yeah. And just stacking that with the with the vamp is I mean, that's a pretty tanky, even if you go full out damage on a necro with those with this and that,
0: you know, the vamp and death passive. Like that's up to a forty percent damage reduction basically as you yeah. lose health if you add them together
1: yeah and i think that healing taken you know an additional 12 percent healing taken i think that's gonna be yeah uh, i think that's don't gonna forget stand about out the healing taken yeah i think that's gonna stand yeah. out quite a bit
0: yeah i think you're right actually i wasn't even really factoring the healing taken into it but yeah that's a that kind of doubles up on how how good it is it's actually a really good set
1: yeah i think it's gonna be good i think it's very usable
0: so hey Necro's got, they tossed him a little bit of a bone there. That's, that's alright, that's good. They got a little something cooking. And then the Nightblade set called Soul Cleaver, uh, they've changed this one as well. So it no longer does the, uh, uh, the damage scaling based on how much ultimate you have. That's, they've scrapped that idea entirely. Um, so now it increases the damage and healing of your siphoning, ability, siphoning abilities by 18% all the time. Uh, And it reduces the cost of those abilities by 18% all the time. And it consumes one ultimate every time you cast a siphoning ability. That's that's what it does now. So there's no, like, how based on how much ultimate you have or whatever. It just, it always consumes one ultimate. It always gives you the 18% buff, and it always gives you the 18% cost reduction, you know, as long as it's equipped. Um, Notably, it does apply to the ultimate now. So you Mm -hmm. get the... The increased damage and the cost reduction to, to Soul Tether is a really good ultimate already. So um, the devs said that the feedback uh, was saying that the set was overly complicated to use, and they wanted to make it easier to use but with less power potential. And certainly, I think they have accomplished that. I think I feel like I, I feel like um, I've seen some people say this on the forums and stuff, and I think I agree that it makes the set seem awfully plain now you know there's really you're just equipping this thing and getting this massive benefit you're not really doing anything to gain that benefit Mm -hmm. um but nevertheless it seems extremely good
1: seems extremely good the part to me is it's like i i get that they probably don't want to get away from like the original idea of the set but the ultimate seems almost like why is the ultimate even attached to it anymore like the one ultimate cost like why is that still even a a part of this anymore? Like it seems like it's so like, you know, minute compared to to what is actually happening. I, I guess that, you know, it's still kind of sticking to their original theme, but like one ultimate yeah, I was, every, one ultimate when you cast an abilities like
0: know, Yeah, just, that's going to be nothing at all. For, yeah, so first it's of non-existent. all, You're um your base ultimate regeneration will outpace that easily, so you're never actually going to see your ultimate meter go down. Mm-hmm. It's just going to go up slightly more slowly. But even considering that, you have your base ultimate regeneration. You get ultimate when you drink a potion. There's, you know, probably healers and stuff giving you minor heroism. You know, every time you kill someone, you get uh, ultimate. Uh, and your soul tether costs eighteen percent less. Yeah, you know, that's so a, that's a good even, trade-off. <laughs> so. Even if you're casting, you know, uh, Swallow Soul every single global cooldown, you're probably getting to that ultimate faster than you would with a different set equipped. Not to mention the fact that you only drain one ultimate when you cast a siphoning ability. You're, you're going to be casting all kinds of stuff that's not a siphoning ability. So it's not like you're draining one ultimate a second all the time. You know, so I mean, you're actually going to be spamming that soul tether like crazy in reality yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean it still seems really good but it just i don't know it seems like the ultimate is almost like unnecessary now or the at least the ultimate drain i at least it's something to try to balance it out but it's just so minute
0: i almost think it should maybe even be more ultimate drain now honestly
1: it it, to me it would make sense if it was like three ultimate every time you cast a siphoning ability or something like that i don't know i don't know the math on that but it just one ultimate every ability just seems so just not even like not even worth worrying about, like you're not even gonna think twice about that,
0: yeah, I kind of liked the the original idea that the set kind of incentivized you not to use your ultimate, you know you kind of got rewarded for not using it, and I thought that was kind build of a it neat up idea.
1: yeah, yeah,
0: it's true, um, but anyway, this will be an extremely strong set, eighteen percent cost reduction to. I mean, just the ultimate alone makes it worth it, I think, plus every single skill in that siphoning skill in is very good. So getting 18% increased potency and cost reduction to all of that stuff, um, that one ultimate every time you cast one of those abilities is not even a penalty. It's nothing.
1: I mean, just to put that in perspective, I mean, 18% damage increase, that, I mean, that's what's Malakath at now?
0: It's 16.
1: Yeah, so you've got something better than Malakath. Like, if it was just that, it would still be really good. Yeah, you can crit on it. It's 18%. Just that would be amazing. But the fact that it's also taking an 18% cost reduction, just, whew, that seems very, very good. And applying to your ult. I mean, there's there's five-piece sets out there that the five-piece is just 15% reduction to your ult, like... Yeah, this yeah. is better than that, you know. Like, it, it's, it seems this is very, very good set,
0: extremely good. And, um, my um, my night blade that I play with, Catface Johnson, uh, his bar set, he, al- he already uses most of the uh, the siphoning skill line, so he doesn't even need to change his build other than just equip this set. Yep, and get this set on. He's, he's off to the races. I'm definitely doing that. I'm definitely going to give it a, a try, at least if it stays like this. Mm-hmm. So, that'll be really good. I kind of wish they had stuck with the original idea and maybe just kind of worked with that a little bit, but um, this is still good.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Even if they lowered the overall damage, it would have been nice if it still was something that you kind of had to build up to to get peak value. Uh, The flat 18% seems like very, very easy. It is definitely simplified, very easy to use, but very great rewards for how easy it is to use.
0: Yeah. So those are the only two that actually really got adjusted. The Necro set and the Nightblade set. Uh, they did mention the Templar set and the Warden set. They have uh, some, some ideas for how they're going to rework those and make them better. Uh, and they kind of gave some details on what their plans were in the notes, but they haven't actually implemented those things yet. So I thought, let's wait until they actually do it, because who knows how much it'll change by then. Uh, so just keep in mind the Templar set and the Warden set. Some changes are coming on that. We'll probably be talking about that on the next episode.-hmm
2: mm-hmm.
0: They also did mention the Dragon Knight set. I was already planning to kind of circle around to this set and talk about it again today because um, it's, it's been brought to my attention that it has a certain functionality that I didn't realize, but uh, based on these notes, it seems like maybe it's not intended. But um that functionality is, if you have this as a one bar as a single bar set. So, like, maybe you have it only on the front bar, so you activate it, you get that major heroism, and then when you flip to your back bar, you keep the major heroism. It doesn't change to the the 12% healing stance. Uh, And vice versa, if you have it as a back bar set, then that's the buff you'll keep, and it's just permanent. Uh, And it seems like uh, that's not intended. Uh, There's a dev comment, this set does not currently interact properly with bar swapping, while the set is only active on one bar in some cases. So just keep that in mind. If you've been hearing people talk about this set, that's probably gonna be fixed. Um, but it does make me realize, like it's still single barable. Like you can make this your back bar set, and it'll get activated, and you're, then you're getting that stance. It'll just it'll change when you bar swap, but it's still the set staying active. You
1: yeah, know? really adds a whole new level of viability. I mean, it makes it a great front bar set. It also is a great back bar, like a defensive healing. I mean, it's a great defensive back bar set.
0: Yeah, I I liked when I was when when I thought that was intended behavior. Like, wow, you can use it like three different ways. You know, you can have permanent heroism or the permanent healing buff, or you can have both when you bar swap. But that's not going to be the case. It's it's always going to change stances when you bar swap. Uh, so really, the only time you'd have a permanent buff uh, is if you'd use it on a one-bar console building. Yeah. In that case, you'd have the, the permanent major heroism. I want to talk about this, this topic that I see come up from time to time, and it's come up recently on the official forums is what made me think about talking about it here today. Uh, the question is, Is skill required in PvP, or is it really just mostly about the build? And if you have a meta build, you win, and and that's kind of it. So, uh, you know, you'll probably get different answers from different people, but I think uh, what most people probably will tell you is that both of those things are true. Yes, skill is required, and also, yes, your build very much matters. Uh, And the the analogy I've used here on the show before is uh, American football, that with the shoulder pads and the helmet and all that stuff, um, if you try to play football and you, and you don't have that gear on, you're just wearing a t-shirt and shorts and flip-flops, then you're just going to get sent to the hospital. Right. Um, but at the same time, if you put that gear on, but you've never played football before, you know, put, putting that gear on, does not make you a football player? So you're still going to get sent to the hospital, right? Either way, yeah,
1: either way. Uh,
0: so you got to have both, you got to have the proper gear and you need to know how to play football. It's a, it's a perfect analogy to PvP and ESO uh, because both of those things are true. The skill absolutely matters. I can tell you as someone who it's taken a few years for me to feel like I'm fairly competent at PvP. So certainly I've gained some skill there, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the build also very much does matter too.
1: Really, I think what what skews people a little bit is that you know, you have really, really skilled players that, that that you know, as their skill increases and as they play more, their skill goes up, and so they get into, you know, higher MMR or they start seeing recognized names, and so they they kind of have to to go to next level. And so this is that's why you see a lot of the really higher skilled players in the game are playing with a lot of the meta type builds, and that's because they have grown accustomed to playing against each other, and that's kind of the you know and so they kind of go hand in hand. I think that to me is really what's kind of skewed. Like, is it just these sets and skill doesn't matter? It absolutely matters. It's just these really skilled players, when they're competing with each other, they're utilizing the meta build set so that they can continue to be competitive with each other.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. And so if you have, you know, one person with like, you know, quote unquote meta build versus another person with the, with an exact identical build, which happens a lot. Absolutely skill is going to be a factor there. One of them has to win, one of them has to lose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and it's probably the one with the more skill that's uh, that's going to win there. Um but then the question I think then becomes, okay, well is it necessary to have a meta build uh or I can or can I make some kind of creative unique thing of my own and make that work? The answer to that is uh, of course a meta build is not required, but it, it certainly will make things easier for you if you don't have a lot of experience, especially, um, but absolutely not required. There's a there's a, a cornucopia of, of build options mm-hmm, out there mm-hmm. that are all viable, um, but you do need to make sure you are meeting certain baselines. And there are certain kind of aspects of your build that I think are not optional, and there 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 are aspects of the metaphor or reason. And I think sometimes you just kind of have to accept those things and, and lean into them and go with it in order to. Keep having fun with everybody else. So uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, making your own off-meta build, like theorycrafting your own build, uh, but making a build that works so that whatever creative decisions you make, you know that you're, you're building that on top of a rock-solid foundation. At the very least, it's going to be a functional build. So I think, first of all, we need to, uh, we need to define like, what we're talking about when we say uh, a meta build. like What does that mean? Uh, it changes all the time. Right now, what that means is uh, having a lot of health, like 40k <laughs> health or more. All the health. <laughs> yeah, as much health as you can get. Uh, and then stacking a handful of specific proc sets that the, the community has kind of latched onto as being like the, the very best ones. Um, so Draugrkin and Reliquin is a very uh, popular combo. Uh, Master's mm-hmm. Dual Wield, Vatishran Ice Staff, Marsaloc, uh Way of Fire, or Dragon's Appetite, another good one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few others, but it's basically high health and a handful of specific, really powerful proc sets. That's basically what a meta build is, uh, by our definition, anyway. So when we say, uh, when we talk about making an off meta build, we're basically just saying, not that. <laughs>
1: not using those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um. So let's talk about this build foundation before we ever really start making creative decisions about what the build even is. Like, is it a roly poly? Is it a slow tank? Does it use a bow? Does it use a sword and shield? Whatever. We're we're not touching any of those things. We're going to start way, way, way before any of that even comes into the picture. Uh, What we're going to do is we're going to go around and just snatch up all the very juiciest build investments that offer the, the most value. So that when we do start making those creative decisions, we already know that we're kind of, we're pretty well covered already on the stat sheet. And we have a lot of wiggle room to to make those decisions and try different things. So step number one for for building your foundation, it might seem weird if you're old school like Davius and me, but (laughs) 64 points into health, baby, just do it. (laughs) Don't think twice about it. Uh, Just put all those attribute points into health. Back in our day, you know, you, you just put the bare minimum number of points into health because, hey, that's damage, baby, right? Yeah. You're, you're missing out on that damage. Uh, if but, any, um, even,
1: I would say. Back in the day, it was like, if you're a Stam build, you go all Stam, you know? just to Or, you, like you said, a couple of points to, for health. But it was very common just to go all Stam or all Mag.
0: You just kind of wanted to bump it up to that bare minimum amount of health that you can kind of survive a gank with, and then everything else into your primary stat to crank that damage. But the, um, the prevailing wisdom these days is that that's actually not a very potent uh, damage investment, but it is an extremely potent uh, defensive investment. And um, you can conduct this experiment yourself and see for yourself. Um, if you put 64 points into your primary stat and take a look at your, uh, your ability tooltips uh, and then pull those points out of your primary stat, put them in health instead, take another look at those tooltips, They've gone down, but only a little bit, right? You, you really actually haven't lost all that much damage, but mm-hmm. you've gained such a massive uh, defensive benefit having, you know, you'll probably end up in the ballpark of like 40k health or so. Uh, so you're effectively gank-proof. You're effectively bomb-proof. Uh, if someone gets lucky and gets several crits in a row on you, you take a bunch of damage, you have this massive buffer to kind of process what's happening and make a decision and, and recover from that. It's just, it's such a huge benefit and such a minimal damage loss that it's just the way to go these days. Yep. Garion says, 1k free weapon damage plus 4k free mag and stam and 3k free HP from CP rework made this possible. Oh yeah, yeah, with the uh, the Flames of Ambition patch, mm-hmm. with uh, the base stats and, and all that stuff. I remember that. Yeah, that was a, it's a different game ever since then. Absolutely. And the uh, the base crit uh, resistance that we get now as well yep. was a kind of a game changer.
1: Yeah, that kind of killed impin.
0: So the point is, is when it comes to attribute points, there's just there's just such a massive defensive benefit to putting all of those into health, and a pretty minimal offensive benefit for putting those into anything else. And there's other investment opportunities that we'll get to shortly, where we'll, we'll get a bunch of damage. So we're, we're going to save that investment for then. So step one, put all those points into health. Just do it. Uh, when it comes to Mundus stone, you want to use a sustain Mundus, either the Serpent or the Atronach. Um, they're by far the most potent Mundus stones of all. You need sustain in your build, and this is a very good source of it. And the o- the o- the other Munduses mathematically just don't add up. So it's just mm-hmm. kind of a no brainer there. Go for a sustain Mundus uh, for your jewelry. Three bloodthirsty every single time. Three mass, bloodthirsty always. <laughs> yeah. If it's a build that's trying to get kills, just do the 3 Bloodthirsty. Most people out there are a stage 3 vampire, so they they take less and less damage as they lose health. They also tend to play more defensively and block and heal and all that stuff as they lose health. So getting through that last third of that health bar is pretty darn tough. Uh, 3 Bloodthirsty makes it quite a bit easier. It's so much damage, in fact, that even if you're not wearing any damage sets at all, you could wear like a sustain set, a defensive set, and a three bloodthirsty, and that's a pretty well-rounded build right there. You know, you actually will have enough damage to kill a lot of people in that case.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so every build, if it's offensive, bloodthirsty every time. Uh, on a related note, stage three vampire, possibly. I'm not going to say it's required, but it's a it's a very very good defensive yeah. investment for that undeath passive. But it comes with a pretty heavy sustain penalty. Yeah. And that's just a decision for you to make. For me, it's some tunes I do it, some tunes I don't, yep. you know? So it goes either way. But definitely something worth considering, and, and you make that decision for yourself. Take a look at it. At least try it.
1: Absolutely. It, it's definitely more, there's a reason it's more common than not out there.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no matter what your build is, you want your max stamina to be at least 18K. Might get a slightly different number from different people, but for me, I'm, I'm thinking 18k bare minimum. Um, that way you're not going to get, you know, stammed out and locked down and, and die. Four of your skill slots, three or four of your skill slots are spoken for. Uh, go ahead and slot your class armor buff, resolving vigor, uh, a burst heal or a damage shield, like if you're a sork. Mm. Um, and... Probably Camo Hunter on the front bar. Not necessarily required, but strongly recommended. You need a major crit buff source. This is a very good one. It gives you that. It also gives you Minor Berserk. It gives you extra weapon damage. It gives you extra ultimate when you kill players. It does all those things without you ever even pushing the button. Plus, when you do push the button, it reveals invisible people, which there are a lot of these days. <laughs> There's
1: a lot of invisible people out
0: there. <laughs> you, you need anti-stealth too, so it, and it gives yeah. you that. It just gives you like a bazillion things. I would say just go ahead and put Camo Hunter on the on the front bar, slot your class armor buff, resolving vigor, a burst heal. You got a pretty good start to your your bar setup there. If it's Oaken Soul, if it's a one-bar build, then I, I just I think vigor and a burst heal yep. are the only two that are kind of spoken for there.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, If you can afford it, if your build allows for it, try to use Tri-Stat Potions. Um, If you have good sustain of both resources, it's just going to make life a lot easier. You can spam heals more, you can dodge more, all that kind of stuff. For food, I only use two different foods. Depending on the build, I either use Bewitch Sugar Skulls or I use the Jewels of misrule. If I need max stats, I go Sugar Skulls. If I need sustain, I go Jewels. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, no matter what your build, do one of those two, I would say. They're very um, potent foods, and they're not outrageously expensive like some of the others out there. Uh, Very, very good foods. For your armor traits, uh, if your build allows for it, do a reinforced heavy chest piece. Everything else should either be well-fitted or sturdy. Maybe divines, but in my opinion, well-fitted or sturdy are are the best two traits. And reinforced is only worth using if it's a heavy chest piece. Yeah. It's not worth using on anything else. If it's a medium chest piece, do well-fitted. If it's a heavy pair of legs, well-fitted, yep. you know. And don't really mix, mix and match. Besides that heavy reinforced chest piece, do six well-fitted or six sturdy or six divines, you know. Don't really mix and match because you really get a ton of value if you just kind of go all in on, on whatever its is.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And then you just need your basic buff coverage. So uh, that's your major minor resolve, major damage buff, major crit buff. I think major expedition is required. Uh, and, and your major sustain buff, which you generally get from a potion. And that's your foundation. And I know that's a lot. But let me just kind of run it down one more time really quickly. 64 points into health, sustain moondas, bloodthirsty jewelry, maybe stage three vampire, 18k minimum stamina. You got those four skill slots that are spoken for with your armor buff, resolving vigor, a burst heal, and camo hunter. Try stat potions if you can. Use either sugar skulls or the jewels of misrule for your food. Uh, A reinforced heavy chest piece if your build allows for it. Everything else either well fitted or sturdy, maybe divines. Uh, And then just make sure you have that basic buff coverage. And that's it. Yep. That's that's your foundation. Now you get to decide, you know, what gear do you want to use? What weights are is that gear going to be? What are your weapons going to be? You know, what kind of build is this going to be? And really, no matter what you choose, if it's on this foundation here, it's at least going to be functional at Absolutely. bare minimum.
1: Yeah. And that's even like, you know, how however you want to do damage. If you want to go dot build, if you want to go proc sets, if you want to go, you know, single target or AOE, like as long as you have this, build this foundation you you kind of can can figure out the theme or the direction you want to go and you're and you should be comp- you know in a competitive state
0: yeah here's a con's asking how much pen is the goal uh you know i don't I don't think we're that's kind of beyond the scope of this discussion right here i think i think the answer to that is it depends on your build and mm-hmm. uh the, the it's not really just like uh an easy this much pen you know uh but i would say uh a major and minor breach. Uh, most people try to at least get those two in, into their build, which is like nine, nine to 10 K penetration. Um, so probably around their minimum, I would say for pen.
1: Gary and makes a great point, you know, race, absolutely. Nord just, you know, uh, <laughs> sometimes I forget to even mention it. Cause cause it's really the only direction to go. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I thought I'd just throw out a, an example, kind of bread and butter bill that you can throw on anything and it's going to perform uh, incredibly well. Um, Wretched Vitality back bar, Rallying Cry front bar, Death Dealer's Fet Mythic, and a two-piece monster um, of your choice. If you equip that gear there, check all those boxes that we just now listed. Stick that on any class, any role, any, you know, if it's a bow build or a dizzy swinger or whatever, it's, it's going to perform phenomenally. Yeah. That's actually uh, basically the meta healer build <laughs> these days, yep. gear-wise but uh it doesn't have to be a healer you can put that really on anything and and uh it can be a damage dealer or whatever you want it to be and it's going to perform extremely well
1: yeah but i think that's a key piece to point out is kind of what we just talked about like that's kind of your base foundation if even if you want to do a support build like get that get that base foundation and then go support like you're and you're still going to be competitive healer you know damage aoe anything like they just kind of get that, that base 50. foundation covered and then you can kind of be set from there.
0: Player versus player PvP, we've been doing it. A lot of BGs as usual. First things first, I gotta give a massive shout out to Miracle. Phenomenal player on the PCNA server. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine point nine million 9. damage.
1: 9.9. 9
0: in a battleground 9.9 million damage now if we go off of combat metrics it's over 10 it was million. over ten.
1: that's true we saw the screenshot
0: we will acknowledge that but uh blame
1: the arcanist shield blame that arcanist shield <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> uh, but you know a, a while back in the discord i said hey if, if someone can hit a uh, 10 million damage in a battleground i'll give you 10 million gold he posted 9.9 which is so <laughs>
2: close. <laughs>
0: close yeah uh, and then sam chimed at he's like oh i can beat that uh and so a little while later sam posted a scoreboard where he got 15.3, 15.3 million damage however
1: million damage
0: 15.3 million damage however giant asterisk uh there was collusion there involved, seemed okay? to
1: be some collusion involved
0: sam got some friends uh that were on enemy teams that were kind of helping sam achieve that but hey I actually did say, I'm on record as saying, cheating is allowed. However you can do it, do it. So that's fine. Miracle, since he was 9.9, 9, not 10, I went ahead and gave him 5 mil because, come on, I yeah. mean, it's right 9, there.
1: 9.9 9 is a ridiculous amount of
0: damage. And he ridiculous. did it at the O natural way, right? Yeah. Just fighting yeah. people like normal, so... Shout out to both of those guys, though. I mean, even with Collusion, 15.3, I mean, I don't care Collusion or not. That's outrageous, dude. Ridiculous. The only thing, other thing I have to really say about PvP in general is, man, the Nightblades sure are out there. If you don't have uh, anti-stealth in your build, you are not having a good time right now, man. They are everywhere. They're they're powerful. They're They're nasty. Uh, I I've been, uh, I've actually been swapping out, uh, camo hunter for radiant mage light on a lot of builds just cause it has such a wider radius to reveal Nightblades, And I've really been enjoying just denying them that stealth.
1: <laughs> nice. Nice. Night And they're only, they're only going to be increasing. I feel like that's it's that number is not going down. It's going
0: up. Well, that's the thing about Nightblades, right? It's just, it's a a type of play style that a lot of people are just gravitated to anyway. You know, so you make them even just a little bit good, and they're just going to be everywhere all the time.
1: Yeah. We're going to see some Nightblade bombers coming up with this new patch.
0: Davis, you've been uh, playing with a very interesting build that I've been wanting (laughs) to hear about. I've seen it in action firsthand. It's weird, and... It's... Just Actually incredibly effective, really fun to watch. Your uh, necromancer, the never ending Nord.
1: The never ending Nord. You know, he's been on the shelf for a while, pulled him off. The goal with this build has been how do we how do we make that name worth it? You know, how can we can we live up to that name, the never ending uh-huh. Nord? Uh and I, I feel like we've gotten there. I feel like we got there. Um, the build is is five piece Crimson Twilight, uh, two piece Lady Thorn. Uh, One Piece Drood's Braid, One Piece Trainee, um, Oaken Soul Ring, and the Endurance Ice Staff. Uh-huh. Um, all the health that you can possibly find. Um, <laughs> the, the, the idea of the build, uh, just kind of going with that, that name on the theme, is just stack as much health as I possibly can. Um, try to get to the Bone Goliath form and just let that AoE just start applying a crazy amount of pressure. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Goliath Form pressure, along with the Crimson Twilight procking that scales off your max health. Um, Lady Thorn, I got to give shout out Uncle Sam. He was the one that actually put me on this one. Um, I don't know if, if everybody remembers this one. Basically, uh, what this ability is, is that when you cast an ability that costs health, uh, you spawn this blood ball for ten seconds, and it basically creates a synergy that you can use. Other players can use it as well, and it basically is just this AOE explosion um, that is that is based off your max health, and it's an AOE uh, uh, high damage, and it also um, applies major maim to everybody it hits uh, for eight seconds. And so, basically. It's just a whole lot of health feeding Crimson Twilight, Lady Thorn, scale off max health, that Bone Goliath, or the Ravenous Goliath, I'm sorry, uh, AoE, you know, going off that max health. And so it's just really a whole lot of pressure with those kind of going off um, and keeping those up, um, while at the same time it's a support build. And so it does pretty good heals. The Blood Altar is actually what I use to proc the Lady Thorn. Um, and that, the, and I actually use the overflowing altar, which costs uh, more health, but it's a higher team heal. Things saved my butt a lot of works times. Works fantastic. It is a so huge heal. Uh, the amount of healing numbers that that thing, uh, that ability alone does is, is fantastic. Um, and so kind of what the bar is, is the, uh, it's that blood altar, and then I use, uh, renewing undeath. That's that AoE heal from the Necro, but it also, um, is a cleanse, removes three negative effects, which is pretty huge right now, so that's a really good one. Um, I use the Spirit Guardian, so it's doing its own heals, plus it's that 10% damage um, reduction, or it absorbs 10% of your damage. Uh, And and it gives you extra
0: sustain while it's active as well?
1: extra sustain, obviously the Ravenous Goliath for the ult. Uh, And then I do Necrotic Potency, which is another self-heal. And it also, the major part to that is just getting more and more ult gives uh, you know, a
0: ton of ultimate so much so much alt
1: um, so getting that alt um that that ability is a whole lot the oaken soul ring being a nord uh because really what you're wanting to do is you're wanting to be in that ravenous goliath form as much as you possibly can it's an amazing amount of pressure uh and then i actually do the hungry scythe ability um that's actually the spammable um not a whole lot of damage but it is an aoe but the key to that one is is it actually has a heal attached to it that scales off your max health. So every, every, you know, the almost every ability on this build and the sets included scale off that max health. So it was just stack that max health as high as you possibly can and then kind of utilize all these abilities that scale off that. Uh, it has created an incredibly fun build. Um,
0: Surprisingly just- effective with like a health-based <laughs> thing. Like, I mean... We did a duo with that and my, my necro despair mm-hmm. and man, we were having a blast dude. And I was watching you just like straight up face roll, a team of people, a team of good players, like players yeah. that we know are very good. And you were just kind of chilling just over there, like not thinking. really even struggling.
1: Uh, Cause that's, that's the thing. So, you know, um, just to kind of explain it, like there's a lot of pressure with it, but there's so much return health that comes back from it. So like uh, I'll, I'll give you some pretty crazy tool tips. This is in the ra- you know the ravenous Goliath form. So when it's in the Goliath form, it has ninety thousand health. It's ninety thousand one hundred health. Um, that cranks that Crimson Twilight proc up to twelve thousand. It's a twelve thousand hit, and you heal hundred percent of the damage done from that. Um, and yeah, that's that's happening every eight seconds. That's proc. Um, so nice. that is a very that's very nice. Um, you, know, you were saying it feels weird
0: to be equipping Crimson Twilight <laughs> yes. now.
1: But. We used to hate that set back in the day. Uh, and we, we, you know, we, we, I made the joke that now that nobody uses it, it's the perfect time for me yeah. to swoop in. It, now is the time. Acceptable. Now is it acceptable. Um, but yeah, 100% of the heal back. The, the tool tip on that hung, uh, Hungry Scythe ability, um, 14,607 health for the first enemy hit, an additional 5,000 for each additional uh, enemy up to five additional, uh, enemies. So.
0: Oh yeah. Just you're like up in the middle of it, you know, just spamming that thing on everybody.
1: Yep. Uh, you also get a hot for 6,000, uh, every two seconds over 10 seconds. So. Oh, okay. Uh, the heal of that ability is ridiculous. And so that actually kind of works as you're, you're, you know, you're staying close, you're keeping that pressure. Um, so you're kind of throwing that out there as an AOE to, but it is, it's, it is a huge health back. You know, you've got the spirit guardian up, You've got the altar, which is throwing the minor lifesteal on enemies. It, it works really well. It, it, the, the AoE pressure is surprisingly really high without you really having to focus on it. Uh, and it does really good support healing numbers as well. Kind of the, you know, it's not a high kill build, but it is kind of that high pressure. Uh, kind of the, the key point to it where it's really going to get uh, kind of the highest pressure is when you're in that Goliath form you know, the Crimson Twilight, like I said, it's got that 12,000 tooltip. Um, the Ravenous Goliath is doing 5,500 damage every second to everybody around, um, as well as that Lady Thorn proc when you're in that Goliath form. Uh, that's actually an 18,000 damage proc. Um, so pretty good numbers. Um, that, that, that Lady Thorn is just the sweet spot. 18,000 uh, damage proc plus applying major minor or major maim to everybody around um it's a it's a whole lot of fun build i mean it is the fact that it actually works uh i was doubting this thing the whole time as i was putting it together but like, like you the said damage
0: is no joke i mean yeah. your your damage is like a million or so most of the time in most of it, the matches i was seeing
1: yes it is it yeah. does very much over a million it, it i would say kind of the goal of this build is kind of million damage million heals. Um, I haven't done that every time, obviously, but that's that's kind of where it gets to. You know, if you count the Spirit Bender, it pretty commonly gets million damage, million heals. But um it's it's so much fun. It is extremely tanky, extremely hard to take down. Uh very much my playstyle. You know, when I'm playing with uh when we're grouping up and doing duos or, or group BGs, uh you just kind of run in and, and face tank with this build while you're the support. Just go in, take the damage for your team. Um, and then when you switch to that Goliath form, you just kind of switch the pressure. You're not going to get the kill, but the, all of that pressure on the other team just passively from doing this while you're trying to keep heals up is extremely helpful for your team where they can kind of finish them off and get the kills. Um, and you can see at the end of a match, the, the numbers are there. It's just one of my favorite builds. I mean, truly, it's the-
0: it's one of those builds. It's like you wouldn't expect those numbers. Like you no. talk about the build, you tell people like what the sets are and what the abilities you're using, and then you see those numbers, <laughs> and like I don't get it. I don't uh, understand. It's a perfect Davius build, honestly. Oh yeah,
1: that's what I was just about to say. It is. It is my dream build. It is a whole bunch of sets and nobody uses. It shouldn't work. It's completely wacky. But going into some some BGs with good players, like I will say, this thing. This thing is yeah. pretty well tested it's Prove played, it itself yeah, and it is performed. It's done well in those, um, and so just to, just to see it actually holding up and, and performing is, is pretty pretty exciting to see it work. Um, yeah Grizzly Khan's asking you know what glyphs, what Mundus It's all health, Grizz. it is uh, <laughs> all health it baby. Is all on the health. every single armor ha- has a health glyph. Uh, the Mundus is actually the Lord. Um, uh, the Lord Mundus, which just gives you health, and the armor traits are all divines to just boost that health. Mundus, uh, like I said, in the Goliath in the, in the Goliath form, it's at ninety thousand health. If you're lucky enough to get a Warden on your team. It goes over hundred thousand health, and the tooltips get even crazier.
0: I wonder uh, if uh, infused. I wonder if infused chest legs head would give you more health than the divines.
1: I looked at it. Uh, the divines was the way to go. The infused. Okay. Okay. Infused. I've kind of been. Um, I've kind of been disappointed in plugging in the build editor. Infused is really. I used to be a big infused guy on kind of the helm chest legs. It yeah. is not very many. Not like, it is not very much yeah. max stats. It is I've I've kind of oh, okay. really come off of that because it's really not near as much max uh stats as you would think.
0: Nice, man. Is that all you have to say about the never and Yeah,
1: It is uh, like I said, you know, Grizz makes a great point here. It is it is a very cheap build, doesn't take a lot. Uh yeah. pretty easy sets to get. Um the the ice the endurance ice staff cracks me up. Uh just uh I mean I think it was like I paid 700 gold for this ice staff and it was a purple, <laughs> uh, sharpened ice staff. what I do, it is hilarious. Um, but that that, build. that, that, that two piece endurance, man, that's an extra 1900 health. That's what you're trying to get. Pretty juicy. Just get all the health. Yeah. Um, really all you're doing is just only heavy attacking. You're just trying to keep your sustain up cause you don't get it from many other places. Jewelry traits, all healthy. You already know it. Um, but, yeah, it's Garion's
0: asking. Garian's asking if you've considered using Death Dealer instead of Oak and Soul. I can answer for you. No, he hasn't.
1: <laughs> I personally <laughs> have not considered that, but yeah, that's definitely an option. I, I I would say that that this setup you could absolutely take this, make it your own, pretty easily. You could definitely throw that on there. Uh, I'm an Oak and oh, Soul yeah. guy. I like the the simplicity of the Oak and Soul. Just kind of just kind of stay focused, but. Um, the old works really nice on it just because that ult gen is very, very nice because you're, like I said, I, I, it's, when a, you're, it's a
0: great candidate. It's a very good candidate for a one bar build. I yeah. think
1: you're, when you're in that Goliath form, that's when you're really doing the best for your team. Um, it's already very hard to take down when you're not in the Goliath form. When you're in that Goliath form, you can just take a beating. I mean, just a complete and total beating.
0: We're, we're pro-Oak and Soul around here. Okay, we, 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 we like the one-bar build. <laughs> well, the, the build that I want to talk about today is the Old Main, Old Betsy. Oh stamina, Betsy. Stamina Templar. She's an orc. Uh, her build is the the same that's been for a while, gear-wise. It's uh, Deadly Strikes, it's a double bar set, Wretched Vitality on the back bar with the bow, Black Rose Dual Wield on the front bar, Gaze of Sithis, Mythic Helm, and One Piece Magma Incarnate. So, uh, what's what's funny is I actually haven't been playing with Betsy all that much. Uh, I've been playing with my other Orc Templar, Butch Mahoney, which I talked about on the last episode, and he's Mm -hmm. doing great. Mm -hmm. But I've sort of Learn some lessons from playing with butch one big difference between butch and betsy is butch is not a vampire and as a result you know comparatively he has really really good sustain and it just feels so good to play on that build and i find myself when i'm when i'm in the mood for some templar action i'm going for butch oh boy and you know why am i not going for betsy you know like
1: <laughs> we can't have what's this going on here yeah
0: <laughs> So it really made me kind of re-examine things, you know. I got really excited for the new Mist Form when they did that. Plus, that that Vampire Stage Three passive is very, very good. Uh, so I, you know, a while back I made the decision I'm just going to go ahead and take that sustain hit and uh, and and be a vampire with Betsy, mm-hmm. and that's been the case for several months now. And it's you know it's been going great, but I went ahead and cured it. I was, I was like, let's just see. Let's let's cure vampirism. Uh, I got rid of Mist Form. I just I'm just using Radiant Aura in its place right now which is that ability that gives you all three minor sustain buffs it's actually a really good ability but i was like let's just try this out see how it goes and it's just like right away man it's like a weight has been lifted you know i'm just like free like the shackles have been thrown off it's like oh man everything's this is- perfect again this i didn't even re- i didn't even realize you know like like that weight that that weight was even there but now that it's gone it's just like man i feel so free and like i can do anything and it dawned on me while I was playing with Butch like i'm not dying any more often than i die with Betsy you know yeah. survivability is about the same so i don't think that that stage 3 vampirism is really all that important for me and my playstyle yeah.
1: that's that's the key part i was going to call out is that i feel like we we really have to like And and obviously you know everybody's play style is different, but you you are very talented at a at a roly poly stay alive build. You have a um, and there's you know there's other players that are very good at that, but I would say highly you are very good at like the willpower of if you're in a bad situation, you have very strong willpower. You will not chase. You will get out of the situation, stay alive. Not all of us have that ability. You (laughs) you are very good at like all right, this is a bad situation. Need to re reset the reset the, uh, approach. Um, so it, it, you know, I would say absolutely. what's funny is, uh,
0: what's funny is that really depends on the character. Like uh, <laughs> if I'm on, if I'm on my Sork or something, that's not true at all. But like Betsy, I really do get into that mode. Like, let's just mm-hmm. play smart here. Yep. You know?
1: Yep. And, and I would say that that's a great point though, is that when you are, when you're in that mode and you're playing that, that very smart and, you know, strategic positioning, um, that vampire's not really giving you a whole lot because it really it's just hurting your sustain more than it's helping you because you're not putting yourself in situations where the undeath passive is is giving you a whole lot.
0: Yeah, and plus I also try to play Betsy in a very supportive kind of way. She she's doing this 50-50 thing where like one minute she's killing someone, or one second she's killing someone, the next second she's healing someone. And mm-hmm. there really is never a moment when she's not spending resources on something. She really can't like chill and recover resources all that often. Uh, So it's just more beneficial to have better sustain. And I feel like I have uh, so much more kind of options for like uh, build investments and sustain investments. And there's already like all kinds of juices flowing in my mind on how to continue tweaking her, you know, after we're done with this recording today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just the right move. I I had a good time with the vampirism. I, I definitely see the value, very much see the value. Uh, and I have other tunes that are vampires still, uh, and they're they're probably going to stay vampires. But for Betsy, this was the right move. Uh, that radiant aura ability that I mentioned—it's an awesome ability. Uh, it gives you all three minor recovery buffs while slotted. Uh, like Grizzly mentioned in the chat, with this next update, that it's getting the old uh, on both bars treatment. So it's going to be—it's going to give me those buffs on both bars at all times while slotted. Plus, I can cast it to give those buffs to all of my allies within 24 meters, a huge radius, and it's free to cast, and it lasts a minute. It's a minute night. Nice.
2: Holy cow. Yeah.
0: It's an amazing ability. So, not only do I have better sustain from not being a vampire, I also have these three minor recovery buffs that I didn't have before either, because now I, I, I could take Misform off and use that. So, it's just like the, the sustain is never-ending, dude. I feel like I can fly. It's pretty awesome.
1: Listen, we we all love Butch, but all is right in the world when old Betsy is your go-to Templar. That's just, that's, oh, yeah. there's balance in the world.
0: Betsy's back to number one. Nice. No problem. All right. Love to hear it. And I even, I have some more, like I said, I have some more ideas cooking to like, I think on the next episode, I'll have some more stuff to report. That's exciting. But a couple of things to compensate for losing that undeath passive. Cause I definitely can tell that it's missing. Um, uh, but, uh, I've been using the javelin as my main stun for a long time. I've switched to toppling charge because mm-hmm. it does give that uh, that major protection, uh, so that it helps out quite a bit. Plus, it actually fits the playstyle really nicely because Betsy's very dodgy, roly poly, and it's nice to kind of zip in and you know zip to the target, kind of. Yeah. yeah, it kind of really works for that hit and run kind of thing that she does. So, um, plus the major protection, really nice. And then I went ahead and uh, cranked that health. You know, she was sitting around 29k health, which I know is low, but for me, that actually felt pretty comfortable. Uh, I cranked it up to 35k, and that's without a warden in the group, uh, and that's a very comfortable amount of health. Yeah, game changer. So I think between toppling charge and having that much health, I I really feel like just as survivable as I did with the vampirism, plus I have, you know, endless sustain now. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask. Better build.
1: that with switching to toppling charge, that it mess you up at all, throwing a, you know, trading out a stamina ability for a mag, but you just said your sustain's so good, you probably haven't even noticed a difference at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I have a much easier time with Magicka Sustain than I did before.
1: Yeah. Nice. For for
0: both resources, really. Very nice. That's so really no problem. And I, I have plans to make my magica Sustain even better without really sacrificing stamina sustain. Like I said, next episode, we're getting it it's seriously, like, Ten minutes before we started recording, before you got into Discord. <laughs>
1: You're already planning.
0: <laughs> I was logged into the game actually like actively making changes to Betsy's bill. Like, oh, I think I knew what some changes I'm gonna make are gonna be. But then we had to record this thing. So I was like, okay, well I guess we'll talk about that next time.
1: <laughs> that's exciting. That's exciting. Love to see old Betsy top of the list. That's 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 the rightful place.
0: Yeah. But otherwise, it's the same build that she's been for a while. She's still using those AoE pulses with Solar Barrage, Mm -hmm. Deadly Cloak, and and Crescent Sweep Ultimate. She just doesn't have Blood Mist anymore, but that's a pretty minor loss. Honestly, it's not a big deal. Still using jabs, of course. Uh, She has the same uh, defensive kit with Extended Ritual, Honor the Dead, Resolving Vigor, uh, the the Rune armor buff Mm -hmm. that also heals you, uh, and the Barrier Ultimate. You know all the other stuff about her. It's it's well fitted. It's bloodthirsty. You know it's it's light and medium armor, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's really she's just not a vampire anymore. She's using that uh, toppling charge, uh, and she has a lot more health, and she has that radiant aura. That's basically what has changed. And for for, uh, any, for now,
1: yeah. And for any semi-new <laughs> listeners out there, old Betsy, she's an old school Templar. No no beam, no bubble. She ain't about that. She's old school Templar jabs. In you know, in your face, she's she's the real deal.
0: Yeah, the um, a lot of people tell me that I should get rid of the cleanse and slot the bubble instead. Shout out to Garion in the chat. I think that's how he feels about it. But uh, I feel like I, I like that cleanse. I like that cleanse, and I feel like my survivability is pretty good without the bubble. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but both both are great.
1: If you threw the bubble on Old Betsy, I don't. I'm not sure you'd ever die again. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> You just you just may never die. <laughs>
0: Possibly. I mean, she's already pretty slippery, so. Yes.
1: She is extremely, extremely slippery.
0: Last thing I'll say about Betsy, since she isn't a vampire anymore, the, the fashion situation that I had for her just wasn't working now. Uh oh. so I had to update her fashion. I don't really know how to explain it here on the show, but you know, I can kind of explain her personality, you know. Bef- before vampirism, Betsy was very much like all business. Very yep. serious. Mm-hmm. When she became a vampire, she's a creature of the night, you know, so she's a little bit more fun-loving, kind of, she kind of had a bad streak, you know? Yeah,
1: she had a, you know, she hit a, she hit a phase.
0: Yeah, and, and and her look reflected that, I would say. Now that she's no longer a vampire, she still remembers that experience, and it's, it has stayed with her. And she's, she's back to her nice, kind of down-to-business old self, but she learned to loosen up a little bit. She kind of had a, still. how I got her groove back kind of situation <laughs> through all of that so you know she's back to the old betsy but she's uh she's a little more loosened up than she used to be
1: that's that's such an important part i mean i'll, I'll even say that with the never-ending nord and that new build set up and him working now i had to go and, and and you know tweak his fashion setup a little bit too I had to make it make a little bit more sense that's you got that's a to. key piece to the build
0: Anytime I upgrade a build significantly, like, oh, this build is like next level now. I gotta go to the fashion table yeah. and update the fashion too. The I fashion to. has like to match it. it.
1: The fashion yeah. has to match it. It's
0: like this this fashion is subpar now. It will no longer <laughs> do. Okay. Uh we have a bunch of emails. Um what we got? Four different emails. I had to, one is left over from the last episode. I had to like save one. uh, Yeah, I had to save one from the last episode because it was getting too long. Awesome.
1: We love emails, all the emails. We love it.
0: Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. That is our email address. Uh, Send us any suggestions for the show or questions or just tell us a story, tell us a joke. Uh, It could be ESO related or not. What was our, Uh, what was our,
1: sorry, I just totally interrupt. You you had a good spiel there, it was a good rhythm. But I, I started okay. thinking, you know, I had a little nostalgia there. What was our old school? We, we it was the best part of a sandwich. Was that what it was? Topping?
0: I can't remember what we used. What's to ask your? Back in the- yeah. What's uh? What what's your favorite things to put on a sandwich? There we go. You know, yep. I, I I we really do love like food related questions. We're very food strongly movies. encourage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ask us about food, please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, every episode, Davius is going to pick his fi- favorite email of the bunch, and we're going to send that person a bunch of gold. I usually have decided ahead of time how much gold it's going to be, but this time I didn't do it. Let's just say 500k. Let's go Ooh, big this time. Oh boy! Oh boy! 500k.
1: Got a little sweat on my brow now.
0: Okay. Here we go. <laughs> to whoever Davius chooses when we're done. First email comes from Jamo. Jamo. Uh, He says, good day, mates from the land down under. I think that's Austria. It's definitely (laughs)
1: Austria. Strong (laughs) intro to the email, by the way. Strong intro.
0: Strong intro. Uh, He says, I really enjoy, he or she says, I really enjoy listening to your pod, mostly for any PVP suggestions and builds, since I play mostly that side of the game on Xbox NA. I'd like to hear some of your fond and or funny memories (laughs) uh, or stories that happened to you both over the years in PVP. Uh, for example, the first time you won a 1vx, or ganked the Emperor, or trolled enemy players, etc. So I came up with a little list here that I think most of these, Davis you and I experienced together. So yep. we can kind of de- take a little walk down memory lane here. Love it. So, uh, when I, when I had Despair, and you were on your Stam Sork, who I think was named Beartooth at the time. Beartooth, yes, this is correct. Uh, in the Imperial City sewers, taking on this blue Zerg. Man, oh man, probably the highest high I have ever had in this yeah. game.
1: I don't know if we've ever felt that good at the game. Truly.
0: Been, been chasing that dragon ever since. <laughs> and that's, uh,
1: this moment is why we continue to play day to day.
0: <laughs> uh, man. Oh. And uh, we've told the story before, but there was this big blue Zerg that was pretty close to their home base, and we made it all the way to their home base and fought them for a good long time. They killed us. We ran all the way back to their base. They killed us again. We ran back. They killed us again. But each time we were getting closer yes. to, to wiping like, them like,
1: out. Like They weren't just taking us out quickly. I mean, we were, we were killing yeah. multiple of them. It was, a, it was a close fight, and they would just yes. finish us off.
0: Just barely. They would overwhelm us. Uh, and we were like, I know we can wipe this group, we can do by ourselves and just be standing over their bodies victoriously, like we just gotta keep at it, uh, and so we did we, we ran back and we finally wiped them, and it was just like this most amazing feeling after Lord. i mean i don 't know how long we were just bashing our heads against that yes. group and uh some other people in like yeah. from their faction we're like doing sit chairs around and just watching, they, yep. you know, <laughs> there there's
1: a, there's a place right outside kind of near the door of DC in the sewers. And there was like three or four players kind of up on this wooden platform and they were in sit chair and they were watching us fight this whole zerg. And that last time that we finally took them out. And I mean, it was a, we were greatly outnumbered. I would say that greatly outnumbered. Um, and this, and finally, when we beat them, we didn't even notice them up there. And we kind of turned around and saw them. They were kind of low level. And then they all just started kind of throwing us whispers, saying, like, they've been watching the fight. They watched us. They were shooting all these praises at us. It was, they were doing,
0: like, applaud like a emotes yeah. and stuff. I mean, yeah. they,
1: it was it, just, it was already a great moment. Then we turn around, and there's, like, their own DC players that were cheering us on. It was a glorious moment. Glorious moment. So much So, fun. so
0: great. Uh, another one happened, I don't know, a, quite a while before that, but another very memorable time is, uh, we were playing a bunch of duos and there was a certain player that was, uh, whispering Davis and asking him about his build. And then he was telling Davis that his healer build was no good. Yeah. And he was telling him like, here's what your healer build needs to be, yep. you know, and yada, yada, yada. Davies was like, no, yeah, I like my build, you know, mind your <laughs> business. <laughs> and, uh, and the dude just kind of, he never let it go. Really? Nope. And then the very next deathmatch. This is back when you could queue for deathmatch. Uh we got into a a two v two. Me, me and, and Davius versus this dude and his buddy. We were on that Eldangvar map, and we were on this far corner where no one could see us. So we just got this. We got to just duke it out, you the know, as time. long as we wanted to. And uh, it was a good long fight. I mean, we really went at it for a good long time, and we won. We the were 2v2. the victors. We did it. We we were the victors uh and that dude whispered davius right afterwards is like my bad dude your build's good
1: (laughs) (laughs) it was glorious completely i mean huge of that guy completely cave said you know because he had all these reasons why the build wasn't good didn't work all this uh changed his entire tune said like holy crap like that the heels on that build are ridiculous like you guys we couldn't take you down heels were great um that player's still on my friends list today like uh, that was this, years ago. Yes, years ago. That player still on my friends list today, still uh still randomly will 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 talk and, and whisper with that uh with that player. uh it was just so cool because it was such a it was such a, you know, like when you get hate whispered or people are, you know, kind of starting track, and I wouldn't even go as far as hate whisper, but like really kind of hating on the build. Like it was not, you know, it was like this is the problem, this is what you're doing wrong, you know, all of this, this is bad, this is this. And then just to see the full, you know, the full switch and, and win him over. Uh, Let's just then, see how
0: bad the build is, buddy. He's yeah, just taking a total different tune afterwards. Yeah.
1: And then it was really cool of him, too, to like completely switch yeah, and, and yeah. come, you know, and fall on the sword. Totally. Uh, really, really, that was, that will always stand out as a as a really, really cool moment of of. Uh, and that was back in the day. That was another wacky. That was a good old wacky Davius build back in the day. That was
0: I believe that was the old Guarplar. That was the uh,
1: the original Cold, yep. The original, Cold Harbor's favorite. The Guarplar healer build. Uh yeah. that was a good one. I I've joked that I always at least once a month think think about bringing back the
0: Guarplar. Well, uh, you know, that's like that's why your build to this day is a pure, it does not yep. do damage, because you one. had to in order for that to be a pure healing set. Yes,
1: that set either when you deal damage, it does damage, or if you, only, if you heal, it heals. And so that was originally why my Davius Templar Healer build only heals, because I was tricking the set to only give me the healing guar. I didn't want to do damage, so I could only get the heals and- from
0: it. All these years later, you haven't used that set in ages, but still only heals. <laughs> it is the the
1: the the heart of the Guarpular still lives on.
0: That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, another awesome times in PvP is the old sit chair nights. We haven't done it in a while, but that used to be the nightly, chair. yeah, pretty right much was, the nightly routine. That was the old uh, school, more uh, Imperial City sewer action where we would just run to an enemy uh, front door and just do sit chairs and
1: have to have to touch the door to inflict ultimate shame upon yep. upon the faction
0: indeed got to show the proper disrespect yep uh, and then we would just sit in chairs and wait for people to show up and try not to fight the whole point was to not fight because we wanted to let enough people sort of pile up so that we could get into an outnumbered fight you yes. know and have like a 4v10 or something yes. like that uh, and, uh, usually, you know, we'd usually wipe them several times, but eventually get overwhelmed and, mm-hmm. and they'd get us and we'd lose, you know, a crap ton of Telvar and laugh about it. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Absolutely. super fun.
1: Yeah, super fun.
0: Losing the Telvar is part of the fun. I'm sorry. It, just, it really
1: uh, is. It really is. It gives a, it gives a weight to it for sure. Yeah.
0: Makes you really try to win that, that yeah. fight, you know,
1: when the fights break out, you are really trying to survive. You don't want to
0: lose the Telvar. I want my 10 K Telvar. Uh, those nights are fun. Sadly, not really even possible anymore. The last several times we've tried, just no one comes out of those, like the sewers are dead, yeah. you know? No, everyone man, goes up top. Dead. If you go up top, it's busy. Lots of people are in Imperial City, they're just not in the sewers. Yeah. Which is a shame, man. The sewers are the best part, honestly. They really if there are, was just, I love. If there that, was just PVP down there.
1: Yeah, I actually, speaking of the sewers, there, you know, I was thinking of, you know, we're talking about good memories here. I I don't know if you remember this one, but one of uh, uh, one of our really great fights down in the sewers is is to, to me and you specifically i know people are very hit or miss about them but uh um the the streamer that always stands out to us that the, you know that we we always have been a fan of he he's good for the game you know fang rush um, uh-huh. but we had a great fight down in the sewers with fang rush he had a stream going um, and we kind of i think we had a small group going and we ran in and we actually had a great fight and we actually took out the majority of his team. I think it was just down to him. Um, he ended up finishing was off or, or a couple of them came and they, we ended up losing the fight, but it was still a good fight, but it was a good long fight in the sewers. And it was just like you just said, it was so, it's so fun to fight down there cause it's such close quarters and you really can use line of sight and you're kind of going around angles, you're making circles. Um, but that was a, that was another great moment of just fighting kind of that, that fang rush group that was down in the sewers and, and and utilizing the terrain and, and, and line of sight, that was a, another great just fight down in the sewers.
0: That was an intense one. Um, the old bridge fights in Cyrodiil that aren't possible anymore oh, because the bridges fall apart now. Uh, those were super fun. Some of the most epic battles you've ever seen, just bigger <laughs> than life.
1: We <laughs> they really aren't possible anymore. But I'm talking. We would go in Cyrodiil, and we we'd go straight to the same bridge and we'd be straight to the bridge. It'd be, yep. two hour It'd be a two-hour fight. You'd be a two-hour just all-out war. I'm talking siege fights, people dying, tents. a massive
0: siege warfare, hundreds, literal hundreds yeah. of people there, and it's such a big thing. It at the at that time, it was just a thing. Everyone knew. Okay, there's fights happening yeah. at the bridge. Just That's where you go. Head to the bridge. And it was like this sprawling thing where you'd have like. These small, like little four V five skirmishes mm-hmm, over here, mm-hmm. you know, and little 1v1s and gankers running around and just like this massive like hub of PvP yeah. activity. It was awesome. Even if you're not really at the bridge itself, if you're just kind of in the vicinity, there's people there and there's like stuff yep. going on. It was so exciting. Uh I miss that. Yeah. I missed the bridge. And that fights.
1: was that was in the olden days too, where the animation, there was no limit to animations. It was all animations. And so you just as you're running to that bridge, I mean, just a spectacle of just everything going on. I We're mean, every was, particle effect, friendly it or otherwise. It was insane to watch. It was, that was a really cool, uh, really nostalgic moment. The old bridge fights, for sure.
0: Uh, just recently, the, uh, not the last White Strikes Mayhem event, but the one before that. Shout out to Joral. He basically theory crafted a, a little kind of miniature ball group for us. There was like 10 to 12 of us or so. And he kind of just told us each what sets to wear. And uh, we went into Imperial City and just wrecked. Dude. I mean, I'm <laughs> talking did. like zergs of like 50 or so people. We we're like blowing them up. That was the uh, first time I ever did fun. something like that. Super fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Telvar, but it was fun. We were just a, a little miniature
0: wrecking group. Yeah. Yeah, we were uh first time i saw my name on the deathmatch leaderboard it's been a long time ago now but that was significant for me uh i know we know now it's really not a big deal to be yeah. on the leaderboard but i don't know that was the first time that i like i saw that and i was like hey you know what i think i'm getting okay at this, this pvp thing this pvp you know?
1: thing might work out yeah absolutely yeah. so much fun to see that that first moment you see on there uh i think i even still have my very first Uh, gold reward i got i I think i kept it in my bank i don't remember what it is it's something terrible but i think i kept it just to just that is nostalgic purposes
0: this isn't really you brought this up last night davis this isn't really a pvp (laughs) thing but it happened in a pvp zone (laughs) Ooh, we'll never forget there was this one time i was going to hook you up with a bunch of hacky joes because i just had a bunch of telvar
1: we've really got to specify not a bunch of hacky joes it was
0: Seven what? hacky joes. Seven, sure.
1: seven <laughs> hacky joes. I mean, enough to that. I mean, I was doing prismatic glyphs on an entire build, all on seven a full hack, build, seven hacky joes. And,
0: uh, and I was just sitting really pretty on Telvar, <laughs> and I was just kind of being a bro. I was like, you know what, buddy, I'm hooking you up.
1: I got you. I got you covered. Uh,
0: so I went and got the the hacky joes, and I ran back to Davis and opened uh, up a trade window and gave them to him. Closed the trade window, <laughs> and then Davis says to me. All right, man, I'm ready for the of Joes. <laughs> I'm ready for them. I'm ready to get those things. <laughs> and I'm like, I just gave them to you. You're like, no, <laughs> you and, didn't. <laughs> uh, and what happened was I actually had opened a trade win- window with the player standing right next to Davius. Rose something. Rose are, was in the listening. name. Still out yeah. there.
1: Rose still haunts us to this day. Rose something in the
0: name. We can't remember, but we know Rose is part of the name. Absolutely. Anyway. I whispered to them, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was trying to give those to my friend here. Can I please have them back? This person says, LOL, sure, no problem.
1: Absolutely.
0: And then immediately their character disappears and I am <laughs> blocked. And I could no longer
1: Forever blocked. Them. Um, I think that's the part that's always stuck with us is the very kind return whisper of LOL, no problem. Absolutely. <laughs> like to go to that level and then to disappear without returning the Hacky Joes was just, yeah. it was a next level of, of trolling. Oh, man.
0: It was such a roller coaster because once I realized that I gave the <laughs> Hacky Joes to the wrong person, my heart sunk. Oh, yeah. And then they're like, LOL, no problem. My heart raised back up. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, it's okay. This is a reasonable person. It's going to be okay. And then they disappear back down again.
1: <laughs> oh, um, man. So there you
0: go. There's a bunch of memorable PvP stories for you there. One, one I got to
1: add in there, and obviously we won't go down this road, but just, just the old deathmatch queue, man. We've got to bring it up. The ability to just go all deathmatch. You know, it was
0: really a very different vibe. Yeah, we just really was.
1: We don't. You don't really truly miss like realize how much you miss it until you get like. The rare night where you get two death matches in a row, and then it just hits you of just man, this used to be every single match. Just so I miss nice. Miss that queue. That was that was the good stuff. The the it's
0: the worst the, thing they've ever done to the PvP to the PvP in this yeah. game. I think I, I truly miss
1: just the original queue. Like the you know the it was it was all group queue. There was no solo. All solo group was all in one. You picked the style you wanted to play. You could pick random too. You could do
0: all of them above. Uh, people but, did. I mean, there's a daily random, so yeah. people do do the random.
1: You did the daily random, and you know we we would do that. We would do the daily random. We would do with some other ones, and we actually did the objectives in the daily random. Uh, and then we would just go deathmatch, all deathmatch. Uh, man, what a but, great yeah, like you said. We
0: don't those. we don't need to go down <laughs> that road again. We've been down. <laughs> careful, we got to be careful
1: when we bring it up. But that that's definitely uh, goes in the great. Great year, you know, great memory of that old Q system.
0: Jimmo closes by saying, thanks guys, keep up the great work, love the content. Thank you very much, great email. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that email. Garion's getting triggered, he wants <laughs> we, the death we, touch back too. We've lost Garion, we've uh, lost him. He's <laughs> off the deep end, guys, we will be <laughs> he, back in a minute. Yeah, he needs a moment, <laughs> he needs a moment. Uh. <laughs> Next email is from Yin and Yang, Yin and Yangen. Yin and Yangen, of course. That's a funny name. <laughs> yin and Yangin.
1: that's great, great name.
0: Kind of a long-ish email here. He says, hey, scrolling podcast, found you guys a few weeks ago and have really been enjoying listening while I'm at work. I was in a BG with Ket and got added to Students Goons, so thank you for that. Awesome. You're welcome.
1: Yeah, happy to have you.
0: Uh, theory crafting is one of my favorite parts of the show. I've been playing ESO from before the time when D swing had a knockback. Those were the glory days. In my opinion, nothing was better than knocking someone into the air and reverse slicing them before they hit the ground. Yeah, man, I do miss those days. the, the, The hard hitting. I
1: mean, there's just nothing. There was just nothing that felt like it hit harder than that old school dizzy swing. And then just the, that, that old, you know, that execute on top of it just felt,
0: oof, the felt the, the ultimate combo was dizzy, onslaught, execute. Yeah. And that was it. And is while you're nah. in the air, you get that just shunk, <laughs> freaking oof. onslaught.
1: It felt gratuitous. It, it was just, it it it, man, there it was.
0: Uh, I remember a, a, a nasty night blade that was doing that exact combo, but <laughs> out of stealth. So out oof. of stealth, you're getting knocked up into the air, that's terrifying. onslaught, execute, and just over.
1: That's terrifying terrifying yeah.
0: anyway uh, yin and yang continues continues to say since then the game has changed a lot but still remains very fun though build diversity has become more and more scarce hopefully this can get figured out in the future but i've finally broken down and gone full meta oh boy oh boy <laughs> uh i've been playing a warden for a while and it's by far my favorite class yeah dude warden's awesome yeah warden's great Yin and Yangin has a few rapid-fire questions. Uh, he says, how would you feel about an arena or mythic two-hander that knocks back? Uh, and just to be fair, there could be a Destro staff that also knocks back. I'd be totally cool with that. looks like a, like an arena two-hander that just makes Dizzy Swing have the old knockback again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be opposed at all.
1: I'm 100% would love that. I don't like the idea of a Destro Staff having that. <laughs> a ranged knockback has me a little bit worried. A little long bit worried on the range. Back.
0: Destro Staff already has a 15-meter ranged mm. knockback if you use a Fire Staff with a yep. Flame Clench. So there yep. is that. Uh, but yeah, like a full long-range knockback the way Flame Clench used to be with the full 28-meter range. is probably a good thing that they took that it's away.
1: probably honestly. good that that's not in the game anymore.
0: Uh, So yeah, like a melee range knockback seems fair. He he asks, uh, any other skill-specific weapons that we don't have yet? I was looking at these. I think most weapon skills have an arena weapon associated with them at this point. Uh, Pretty much all of them. But uh, I think they could buff the Maelstrom Dual Wheel. That's the one that affects Rapid Strikes. It causes your single target dots to gain 1690 extra damage for 4 seconds after using Rapid Strikes, it does not apply mm. to Rapid Strikes itself, which is what it would need to apply to yeah. for it to be worth using.
1: Easy change, too, right? Like, I, I don't feel like it would be very usable if it applied to Rapid Strikes. Maybe even take the number down, but if you could give that apply to Rapid Strikes, that's a that's a great, great arena weapon.
0: Yeah. It either needs to apply to Rapid Strikes, or they need to increase that duration to, like, 10 seconds or something like that for yeah, it to so be it
1: worth using. Yeah, it gives you time to use it on a couple other abilities.
0: Yeah. Or just reimagine the thing completely. Yeah, just make it usable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also think the uh, the asylum resto staff could use a rework. It, it kind of sounds good at first glance, but I don't think it's that great. Twenty one percent cost reduction to healing abilities for three seconds after you cast Blessing of Restoration, whichever morph. Yeah. The so 21% cost reduction is a lot, but it's only three seconds at a time. You're not going to be casting Blessing of Restoration every three seconds, more most likely. So I just feel like you're not actually going to be greatly benefiting from it a whole lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. seems like they could just, it wouldn't even really take much to just kind of rethink that. Maybe just retweak some numbers, some durations and stuff like that, and it could be pretty good. Did you have any ideas? Any other yeah one like
1: one that i've always that that has kind of stood out to me it's really not even that old is just the um the Vadashran dual wield it basically it it buffs the hidden blade ability it's 250 percent more damage um to to targets under 100 percent health but it only works if you're standing behind them yeah yeah i just would like to see that maybe reworked to make it a little bit more usable i like the idea of of buffing that hidden blade it's a not a very highly used ability. So I like the idea that it's like, all right, here's a weapon to encourage people to use it. But the way it's designed right now is it's just, there's just zero encouragement for people to use that. Uh, just, it just, you know, to always be standing behind and, and know, yeah, I don't know. It just, I'd like to see maybe that a little bit more usable.
0: Yeah, and maybe if they could just make it to where you need to be flanking the enemy so it yeah. can be behind even more from the side.
1: Even that I think would be usable, but only behind. Um, it's just kind of a it's always one that stood out to me because when you see two hundred and fifty percent in any tooltip, you're like, holy cow, like what's going on here? But you know, it's it just uh, it doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't really work.
0: <laughs> yeah, I need I need something that's reliable. Yes. You know, Absolutely.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: So us talk what we could really think of for those. Uh, let's see. Yin and Yang and goes on. And he says, and for the potential of having class-specific weapons and armor, what are some dream sets you'd like to see come from that? Giving us a lot of homework here, man. I don't <laughs> know. My, my, I, I don't really know. Uh, I thought of a couple mm-hmm. ideas. I'd like to see some, some class Classics. So, like, some class-specific arena weapons that gives you back old versions of skills that you miss. So, like, a great sword that gives Templars the old jabs <laughs> that's back. That's all
1: you want. Just get. Or, you want uh, the old animation. You want the old four hits. You just want yeah. jabs back. That's all you want. Give,
0: give me my old jabs. Or, like, a a sword, and sh- like a Dragon Knight sword and shield that gives you the old reflective wings back when it had a true reflect. Ooh, and it was OP and super strong. That's a good give one. Give us these class classics. Mm-hmm. That's what we would call them, class mm-hmm. classics. I actually uh, That's my
1: idea. I actually got two of these. One, I don't even know what it would be, but everybody everybody by now that listens for a while knows I love the Warden Bear skill. Give me a oh, yeah. set that buffs that bear. I don't know, make yeah. it make that bear on steroids. You just make that bear <laughs> make that bear go cocaine bear level. Something something <laughs> to really crank the bear up would be fantastic. I would love that. Um, I think that would be cool. Um, Baroids, yeah, heck yeah.
0: Um,
1: you know that I think that would be pretty cool. And another I mean, one, I think
0: Baroids is probably the episode title. <laughs>
1: Baroids, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, get that bear up on its hind legs and just make it go nuts for a while. Something uh, I think that would be neat. Um, the other one I thought of, you you all know me, you know a DK Lord of Nords. He's he's definitely my main. Definitely leaping is my favorite. Uh, I don't know why this one even popped into my head. But to me, it would just be hilarious if there was a, a class set that somehow, when you leap, when you leap on somebody, you actually add an additional... No way would this work, but I just think it would be so hilarious because the leap is just such an oppressive skill. So if you leaped on an enemy, your character, the next animation, would you actually grab your enemy and then you just hurl them off into the distance? <laughs> <laughs> I just think that would be the most DK thing ever is to just leap. From so far away, you, you leap on the enemy, and then as soon as you leap on him, your character just grabs him and just hurls him off into a distance. I just I think that would be the most DK thing ever. Do I expect yeah. that at all? No,
0: but gosh, no. that
1: would just be hilarious. Uh, that would be fantastic.
0: The old onslaught that you re- got refunded the ultimate if you got the kill, but do that for a leap. That would be fun. Oh, that
1: would be fantastic. Just, <laughs> just leapfrogging people. That would, be, yeah. that would be a lot of fun. Bo- 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 that would be fantastic.
0: And then Yin and Yangin says, the last thing I'm going to throw out there, a no weapon build, just fists, heavy and light attacking. Is it possible? How can it be done? Nothing would be cooler than seeing someone run into the middle of a fight, just winding up a haymaker. <laughs> so shout out to KDMS. He did it. He's done it. He made it work. Just for laughs, he queued up for a BG and had no weapons equipped. Although I don't think he was just like, I think he was casting abilities. Yeah. So, yeah. Not exactly Absolutely. what you're saying here. But he did surprisingly well. He, I yeah. think he had like double-digit kills and no deaths. And, yeah, I think know, I mean, KDMS is a superhero. Yes.
1: that's what I was about to say. I think the trick to making it work is be just an incredibly, incredibly good player. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's the trick. That's, that, the that's
1: that's how you make this work. Just be incredibly, incredibly good at at, at PvP and BGs.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, there really is not a viable way to do it no. and actually compete in any way unless you're someone like KDMS. Uh, but that does make remind me that I would love an unarmed skill line. That would mm-hmm. be so cool. Absolutely. Uh, just give me like some some active abilities and some passives that I can only use if I don't have any weapons equipped, and they should be powerful enough to compensate for the fact that I don't have a weapon equipped. And like that's an easy home run that they could add to the game. They don't have to create any new like art assets or anything for that. That would be really mm-hmm. cool.
1: Yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. That would be. And I think that's that's a pretty big community-wide thing. I think a lot of the communities has said for a while now that they, how excited they would be potentially with that.
0: Uh, yeah, that would kind of fill the the power fantasy of playing as a monk, but you don't yeah. have to make a new class. They could even,
1: I mean, you really, you know, we can we can go we could go deep in this for a while, but you really could you could, you know, um, the sigic skill line. There's a whole almost an entire story dedicated to that quest line story world you know you could recreate all that for just a a monk based storyline you know uh create some island where a bunch of monks live create you know unlock the 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 specific skill line that it's you know unlocks unarmed you know you could there's a whole you could add story into it you could add lore you could add um there's a whole bunch of stuff you could do with it and make it make sense and really add it into the game and it seems like it'd be a pretty pretty easy slam dunk
0: yeah i would not be surprised if that's something that gets added at some point in the future
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: and then uh yen and Yang closes by saying thanks for keeping uh keeping the eso pvp community entertained especially while we work you're welcome thanks for the email thank you so much for the email Next email comes from the uh, from the Golden Elf. They say, hey guys, I just discovered your podcast a week ago, and I'm loving it. I'm very much a noob when it comes to PvP, but I'm always interested in learning about people's builds. I'm also a member of the Elder Scrolls lore community, where I go by Talen Cero. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Also, I'm trying to put together a Blood Mage build, where health is my main resource while also being a DPS. Davius, listen up. Oop, oop, there we go, here we (laughs) go. It's a Vampire Nightblade that combines Mark Target, Simmering Frenzy, and Oaken Soul. Still a work in progress, but pretty fun solo PvE content. I also use a Resto Staff plus Heavy Armor and Soul Tether when needed. Any advice for this build would be greatly appreciated, since I don't really know armor sets all too well. He does a little shrug emoji. <laughs> nice. Davis, I know you've dabbled around. I mean, you just talked about your Necromancer. Yep. It's kind of a health-based build. And you've even messed with it for a Nightblade before, I think, didn't you? Yep. Or, or
1: I've, no? I've dabbled in this. I, I would just say that, that, one, I just looked at I looked at all sets and just did a Control-F on health. like Health. Yeah. yeah max health, you know, and just figure out all the sets that are going to factor in max health. Uh, that kind of helps you limit it to see which way you want to go. But especially with an no soul build, and, and we've said this in past episodes, but the, 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 really the key to make an no soul build work is that you really kind of have to go into tunnel vision. Like, you can't have it all with an no soul build. You kind of really need to figure out, all right, what what is it that you're bringing to the table and go all in? And so if you want to do this health-based build on an no soul, you almost need all your sets to, to factor into max health and then just plug as many abilities as you can on that bar, uh, they're going to factor in max health. Whatever you decide to go with, really kind of focus of how can you be, you know, stick to this theme, but still bring something to the team and still be a good team player and make sure you're still bringing value.
0: Gary in the chat, Suggest using the vampire spammable and the lady thorn monster set, definitely yep. good options for a health based build.
1: That, that vampire spammable that costs health is a is a very high hitting ability, it's If you very can strong. use that. It, it hits very strong. Plus, if you're a health based build, you can kind of afford to be lower health, which makes it hit even stronger. So,
0: yeah, so thanks for the email, Golden Elf. And uh, last email comes from Grizzly Khan. Shout out to Grizzly Khan! He's Shout out, to Grizzly right Khan. GrizzlyCon asks, I've been thinking about two through four-piece set bonuses lately. Uh, when looking at two through four-piece bonuses, what do y'all prefer to see? What bonuses are ones that you avoid if you have the option? Are there any sets that have stellar two through four-piece bonuses but mediocre five-piece? Uh, or have incredible five-pieces but the two through fours make it make you not want to use it? Um, so we're talking about two through four-piece bonuses here. Um, Few examples that come to mind for me right away are the Stygian set. That's one that's it's a pretty mediocre five-piece bonus, but the the two through four is all weapon and spell damage, and that makes it worth using. Yep. Uh, Witch Knight's Defiance is the same thing. It's all weapon and spell damage, uh, and that five-piece it's okay, but it's not amazing. But because of those two through fours, it's it's actually a pretty good set. Student's Favor is another one. Excellent. Some people just use like the four-piece of Student's Favor and don't even use the 5-piece. The Bad bonuses. Bonuses that don't offer a ton of value. Anything that's max stats, like a max stamina or max uh, magicka, those have pretty low value in the, the PvP meta these mm-hmm. days. Most people mm-hmm. aren't, are not looking for max stats. Max health is okay, uh, but max stamina and max, health, or max uh, magicka are not yeah. very valuable. Uh, health recovery, also not very yeah, valuable health because it gets cut yeah. in half. Good bonuses, really any offensive bonus, especially penetration, that's that's pretty highly valued, but really, you know, crit, weapon damage, anything offensive is is pretty good. Uh, a line of resistance, that's pretty unique. You don't see that very often in, in a 2 three, 4 so that's usually pretty highly valued as well. Mm-hmm. And on the right build, a healing done bonus can be pretty good. Not, yep. not every build, obviously, but yep. some builds, it's, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, healing done. Or even the healing taken can sometimes be pretty good. Yeah. I would say the big thing for me that I really try to avoid is is multiple lines of recovery. Like, I don't mind a one line of recovery, but if it's a whole bunch of recovery on there, or if it's, like, the different stuff, you know, if it's Magicka, one line recovery, and then the next line stamina recovery, uh, that just seems like a real... I don't know, lost to me. It's like, those are, that's you're sacrificing a lot with, with that taking up two lines on, on a set.
0: Yeah. It depends on the set or what I'm trying to use it for. I mean, if it's for an offensive set, certainly that's, that's kind of hard to deal with. So yeah, there you go. It really does make a difference though. Like whether a set is actually good or not, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I can't really think of a, like a really strong five piece, but the, the two, three, fours bring it down. I mean, some people might feel that way about the Phoenix Moth Thayer set, that it's a medium armor set that's got a support based five piece bonus. It gives a, I think it's a minor courage and minor force. Uh, but then the, like the first two, like two and three piece bonuses are stamina recovery. Mm. Which seems kind of counter to that supportive five piece bonus. So for some people looking to use that set, that might not be very attractive for that. I actually really like it. Um, but
2: Anyway,
0: there you go, Davis. what's your favorite email of of those?
1: That's tough uh toughy that's a toughie. I will say you know all, all, on 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 jmo jamo the the intro just huge, but once again, hate to say it. they did say they were on Xbox, so
0: oh, not even an option Makes
1: a little tricky. And so totally. uh, uh, I did really like, you know, JMo's email. Intro is great. I love the nostalgia, just, you know, kind of re- remembered some of the old stories that we had. Yeah. Uh, totally. Fantastic. But uh, I think I'm going to go yin and yang. Um, some, some good questions in there really got us thinking. You know, really had to think of some stuff there. So uh, great email with just kind of multiple questions and kind of just uh, looking into stuff.
0: Okay, I wrote it down, yin and yang, and you'll get, you'll get 500k coming your way on the next time I log into ESO. Nice, nice, nice. Garion says, an orc walks into a bar and c- cereal with an ugly, one-eyed, mangled parrot on his shoulder. The barkeeper looks up, jumps back, and proclaims, By the nine divines, what an ugly thing. Where did you get it? The parrot responded, Orsinium, they're all over the heavy place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba>. <laughs> nice. That's funny. That's funny stuff. Thanks, Gary. Scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. That's the email address. Uh, we have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons. It is literally the best PvP guild in the game. Not even kidding. Just take a look at our Discord server right now. There's like a hundred people in here. Look. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's uh I mean I'm telling you the, the guild is popping off. It's a very positive awesome pvp guild to be a part of we're very welcoming welcoming to everyone um so um I, i'm not i'm not even doing our plug right it's literally the best pvp <laughs> guild in the game that also happens to be the best named guild on the pcna server i'm just getting so overwhelmed with how awesome the guild i'm like speaking from the heart rather than doing my my script here uh really has been awesome yeah uh, it really it's has the official, been great it's the official guild of the and Podcast. Uh, we're on Xbox NA now. Not just PCNA, but also Xbox NA. So if you're on either of those servers, gmail.com and we'll send you an invite. Um, if your guild roster is full or if you're on a different platform, that's okay. Then just come join the Discord. Um, anyone who's on the Discord is a fully-fledged goon. Uh, in-game membership is not required. Uh, If you're able to come along on on our activities that we do, you're welcome to come along. You know, everyone's included. Uh, So scroll on podcast at gmail.com to join the guild or the discord or both. If you'd like to support the show, one easy thing you can do is go to the Apple podcast app and give us a a star review uh, or a, a star rating and especially a written review helps us out a lot. Um, if you'd like to go a step further than that, you can go to patreon.com slash scrollandpodcast and sign up to receive Stoon's Boon for $3 a month. It gives you access to a number of things, uh, some extra Discord benefits, uh, It also gives you uh, access to The Booncast, which is a sm- uh, a shorter solo podcast that I do on the off weeks, so you get a little taste of scrolling every week. Uh, if you can't do Patreon right now, uh, then just come join the Discord. That doesn't cost anything. We have one of the best communities on the internet. Everyone is welcome. We'd love to have you. podcast at gmail.com. Shout out to the chat, Grizzly Khan, Garian. We had KDMS in here earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was it. Thanks, guys, for being here. Appreciate you very much. Uh, also, shout out to Uncle Sam, King Nar, Solantris, Shrimpo, Nachu, Slavka, Exoleon, Joral Samiverse, Blast my ship, KDMs, Ricky Base, Ricky Base, want to buy my dog, <laughs> want to <laughs> buy my dog, Jack, Red Charm. I'm sure there's others. We've 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 had a pretty large kind of regular group lately. Like I'm telling you, like every single night, the voice chat has like 10 or more people in it, and mm-hmm. people just hanging mm-hmm. out. Either some people are in groups together. So there's like you know full four squad over here there's a duo over here these people are doing some solos it's just kind of people hanging out talking telling jokes and some people aren't even playing eso you know like uh shrimpo he was in voice chat just last night and uh we're like yo shrimpo you want to join our group we need a fourth and he's like yeah let me log in real quick like he wasn't even playing the game he was just hanging out so uh yeah great to have you guys around. Great bunch of people. Uh, shout out to the Elder Goons, the OGs, all those orange names. Thank you guys for being around for so long and being our friends. And shout out to our uh, our Stoon's Boon recipients, our Patreon supporters. Porkbody, Toadster, Gummy Bear, Grizzly Khan, Thomas, Taggart, Mother of Dragons, Sudica, Jim, Maxwell, and Durpin Stuff. And eventually, that's going to be a pretty long list to get through. <laughs> it's <laughs> already starting to, to get there.
1: You have to take a drink before you, before you read it off.
0: Yeah. And now for the Stoon's Boon shout-out portion of the podcast. Hold on. <laughs> Let's get the list. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so very much. We really appreciate yeah, it. absolutely. Anything else, Davias, before we sign off? I think that's everything. Okay. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.
1: Was asking me to come up with some some Nord pickup lines, and the one just just off the top of my head, all oh. aboard the all aboard the Nord. I mean, all,
0: all aboard the Nord, baby. Try
1: that one out; it'll work, <laughs> guaranteed.
0: And then you just take it out. <laughs> Seinfeld reference, people. Seinfeld. Uh, reference. <laughs>